Welcome to a new month, friends, an entirely new season for this podcast. This month, I really would like to focus a lot more on mindfulness, kind of the science behind the health and the happiness of it, tuning into our bodies, explaining truly what it is to practice slow eating, the power of it. And I want to sprinkle in a few meditations along the way this entire month. So while we won't be doing a 30-day challenge or um, a daily task per se, we will be practicing mindfulness. Little things that we can do to sprinkle in throughout our days. So I truly hope that you enjoy this entire month, this series of mindfulness with me. So what do we mean when we talk about intention? Intents aren't merely goals. They actually come from the soul, from somewhere deep inside us, where we get clarity on our heartfelt desires for happiness, acceptance, health, and love. And by thinking about our intents, cultivating and expressing them, we create the climate in which they are more likely to happen. But intents also need to be nurtured, to be given time to come to fruitation. The notion of intent goes back millennia. Wisdom traditions from around the world talk about intent as the driving force of creation. And the concept plays a significant role in a number of religious creeds, including Hinduism and Buddhism. Intention in Sanskrit is sankalpa, or an idea formed in the mind or the heart. Right intention is the second element of the Buddha's noble eightfold path, the teachings that describe the way to end personal suffering and achieve enlightenment. Right intention says, essentially, treat yourself and others with kindness and compassion while lining and living in alignment with your deepest values. In the Buddhist tradition, intention is about living each moment with integrity and in keeping with what matters most to you. Buddhists believe that they carry your intention with you the moment to moment and try to live in accord with your deepest values. And while doing this, you're more likely to set wise goals and do the necessary work to actually achieve those goals. In the Hebrew word, kavana, it describes the total awareness and attention you should strive to bring to every moment of your life. It's a way of giving meaning to your actions. For instance, prayer without kavana or intention, as we know it to be, is little more than meaningless words, right? 
Even Christian prayer, in which we ask God for what we want, it can be thought of as a form of intention. But more recently, scientists, not just religion, but scientists have tried to sort out how or if intent even works. And most of the research is focused on intercessory prayer. I mean, can praying for people help them heal? They've actually had mixed results. Some studies show the robust effect, right? While some show nothing at all. In researching this topic, I found a recent study at the Royal Adelaide Hospital Cancer Center in Australia. They looked at whether prayer could actually improve cancer patients' spiritual and emotional well-being. So for six months, a Christian prayer group from a church some distance away from the hospital actually prayed for a little bit more than half of the patients there. And they did a control group. So when compared with the control group who didn't receive the church's prayers, the patients that were prayed for showed a small but still a significant improvement in their spiritual and emotional well-being. And they had no idea at all that they were being prayed for, but they improved anyway. So truly, by what mechanism could prayer heal these patients? Well, Deepak Chopra actually believes that consciousness itself is a fundamental force, as basic as gravity but one that we don't yet have the scientific tools to actually understand. It could be that conscious intention generates electrostatic or magnetic energy, and the invisible flow has a small but measurable effect on behavior, our own as well as others. In any case, there's solid evidence for one piece of the puzzle. Our thoughts and beliefs can affect our own health. I mean, just look at the placebo effect, which a sham treatment produces positive results merely because the patients believe it will, right? Placebo works almost as well as potent antidepressants in treating mild to moderate depression. And they've also shown to reduce symptoms in Parkinson's, Crohn's disease, and MS. Our minds have a powerful influence on our bodies and our lives. So why not use our minds to improve our lives? Why not set an intention to become a more caring person, to attract love, or to contribute to the betterment of humanity? I mean, what would you like to change? What parts of your life aren't working? What's missing? By actually considering these questions, we can uncover the seeds of our deepest longings. 
Like, what small changes can we make to feel more rested, happier, more connected, more inspired? Embracing small personal changes can be the first step toward creating greater change in the world and humanity at large. And while I fully believe that intention is a powerful tool for personal change, I also know that putting the concept into practice can feel confusing at times. Is there a way to describe the process that would make it a little clearer, a little, I don't know, simpler and easier? So... My analytical and practical brain have kicked in and says that yes, there is, there is a clear and simpler way to describe this process. There are steps to it. We need to quiet our minds to tap into our deepest intentions and see where this leads us. And as we become mindful of our thoughts and actions and pay attention to what they are telling us about what gives us meaning and a sense of purpose, we need to look for signs that can point us toward our true path and have the confidence in our inner knowing, in the messages the universe sends us and allow that knowledge to guide us forward. And it could be helpful to write down our intentions, say them out loud or share them with others to fully embrace them and help us move ahead in our own journey. But we need to be gentle with ourselves as we try to find our way. Intention isn't always a straightforward path, just like life isn't. So giving ourselves opportunities to try and fail is often a part of it and it's even crucial to this process but once we've identified an intent or even multiple ones we don't need to just sit and wait for the magic to manifest we have to take practical steps that can make each one of our intentions become a reality but it might be easiest to just choose one intention at first and Maybe set some short-term goals to help us get started. I know this sounds like a lot. Maybe even asking why take the trouble to try to live with intention? Why not just drift along without making the effort to clarify what we want? Well, there was a Hasidic tale that I heard and it truly touched my heart. And I feel so deeply as to why it's important to set intentions. So it was from the great rabbi Zusia. He was lying on his deathbed, tears just streaming down his face. And when his followers asked him why he was crying, he said, if God asks me why I wasn't like Moses, I'll say, I wasn't blessed with that kind of leadership ability or wisdom. But if God asks me, Zusia, why weren't you Zusia? 
Why didn't you fulfill your own highest potential? Why didn't you find your inner self? What will I say then? I want to live my life to its fullest potential. I want to embrace my own purpose, however large or small that may be. Where would you like to go? What's calling to you? I want to share with you today some everyday ways to be more present. These are things that have helped me as I clear the obstacles from my path. One I truly love is going for a walk outside. Take the time to notice and appreciate how intention plays itself out in the universe. How a flock of birds turns at the same time or how an army of ants marches to its own rhythm. It is a powerful just to notice and appreciate what's around you without feeling pressure to do anything more. For some, writing down free-flowing thoughts or observations in a journal is a great exercise for continued quiet reflection if being outside isn't enough. You could also plant a seed in your garden or in a pot on a sunny windowsill in your home. And it can be any type of seed, flower, fruit, or vegetable. Just take responsibility for watering it daily and exposing it to sunlight. Enjoy its beauty and your nurturing power when the seed starts to blossom into its own unique expression. Maybe identify a person in your family or community who appears to be living daily with intention. It could be anyone. It could be your mom, the postman, or the clerk at the grocery store. Appreciate the important role that person plays in the lives around themselves, the people they touch. Have you ever asked yourself, what does the universe want from me? I want to share an intent exercise with you. We're going to set aside a few moments to meditate or just sit quietly. So I want you to find a place where you feel happy and secure with little to no distractions, right? And then just take a few moments to settle down. Breathing in deeply. Inhaling. And exhaling comfortably. Mm 
not trying to control your breath, not trying to control anything. Just letting it flow and its rhythm relax you. Breathing in and breathing out. Allowing those inhales and the exhales to be comfortable. ask yourself the following questions and don't feel the need to answer the questions okay just take time to experience what comes up when you ask these questions of yourself who am I What do I want? What do I want? How can I serve? Take another deep breath. 
and ask yourself, what does the universe want from me? And I don't want you to feel like you need to have a clear answer to any of these questions. Just see what percolates in the moments of quiet time 